My mom has got it going on. <laughs> That's <laughs> sing Stacy's mom about your own mom. My mom has got it going on. Oh no, let me get a lyric. What are the lyrics? Okay, fucking go. Stacy, can't you see? You're just not the girl for me. I know I might be wrong, cause I'm in love with my mom. <laughs> Stacy, <laughs> Stacy, can't you see? <laughs> it's just not the girl for me. Because I'm in love with my mum. <laughs> That's either horrendous or an incredibly sweet way. Yeah, just know. to be like, she's the only woman for me. When, yeah. but then know, if, it depends that, if that's that, a sexual there's, there's, there's Drake lyrics of like I only love my bed and, and my, my mom, mom I'm, I'm sorry. sorry but that's cute but not if you knew the reality the dark realities of that song of that he has yeah. to have sex with her he's on also a regular a basis. Div- like a, a real narcissistic sociopath who can't uh, can't drop any feelings of love for any other being apart from the one who bore him mm. what does that say about a man bad bad uh, how are you you're doing um, uh, early shifts which early is shifts how long were you doing um, nine till a good stint. It was, it was like ten months. Ten till four, ten. five, no. seven, seven. Um, yeah, well, it's already. Ten, ten till look, seven. there's a lot of numbers that fly around with my schedule. Um, yeah. I was doing ten till seven for yeah. several months, um, yeah. and now I'm back on the old seven a.m.ers. But it was like for months, and that's like you, it's the thing <coughs> is, is that you you have different um, uh, whole periods of months where you'll be stuck in those schedules, and mm. you're a different person. You yeah, know? I think you're the most stable and level-headed when you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, I'll but definitely. Now, now Already we're back on the seven. When you sent me a message saying, "Can we speed things up?" Because I got up at six forty-five, and I feel I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is, uh, this is uh, you've riled up the ball. Well, you the don't ball know which kind of Andrew's you're gonna get. Well, you, it's you're getting the one who stumbles over his words and can't really form a sentence. <laughs> you're not looking great at the moment. It looks like something's gone wrong. Something so. has changed. <laughs> I, um, I, I feel that this could be you could be churlish during this podcast. I'm a lot more suspicious of everything. <laughs> I don't. I see a lot you of. Shifty. You have a much shorter fuse already. Well, okay. We have mice in the house, as everyone knows by now. And there are instances now, as I think everyone knows as well, where I live on the downstairs floor, um, the only room in the downstairs bit. And I now hear mice in my room every now and again. Um, I've kind of shouted at them enough that I think they're now afraid to come in. Sure. But the first thing I did when I woke up at 6.45 was lie in my bed and could hear, uh, like, it sounded like this. Like a, th- yeah, like, yeah. a, like a wide, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't a mouse. But so I heard it and I stopped and I didn't move a muscle. I was like, well, it must be the It mice. was a man rubbing a, a, a well, big I thought, A4 pad against his and then knee. And then I opened my eyes and listened to it. I raised those there in his boxes with that pad going, wake up, Andrew, it's time for work. And then he scurried off. So I thought the mice were my only problem. We're but gone. there's a lot more problems. No, and then there's just, now there's just weird noises that happen. So that wasn't the mouse? No. It can't have been because I, I got up and looked under the bed and shit and there was nothing there. Yeah, that's not great. So <laughs> does, does that happen a ridiculous amount of times you have mice in your room? Not, no, it, it happened like a couple of nights in a row and I just kind of got up yeah. and just started smashing the floor with my feet, okay. stomping about going, not here, yeah. not today, yeah. not ever. Yeah. And then <laughs> that seems to have stopped them. They need boundaries. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mice, they do. Because like when they, they scurry boundaries. off, it really sounds like, I'm sorry, 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 <laughs> yeah. sorry didn't realise. <laughs> So I think they now, because they're not, the, the people mistake mice and rats for being uh, unintelligent creatures, but they're very intelligent creatures. 
Um, there's instances with New York giant rice, my, ra, ra, rices. Rice. 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 Giant rice. Um, yeah. It's crazy. You should go and eat that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, giant rats who are now becoming like mega rats or something. And they can like get bits of cheese out of a trap and they like know how to navigate different traps. But so not only are they physically bigger, their brain's bigger. Their brain's bigger. their emotional c- capacity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they're essentially intelligent creatures. Okay. Um, so I believe they now are afraid of my room at a, when I go to bed. Okay, good. But then I, um, the, the scary thought is I stop having that presence when I go to sleep. So sure. who knows you what's happening in there. You do lose a lot of authority. When yes, you. but I also <laughs> sleep talk very loudly and frequently. So maybe I'm scaring them off then. Away! Yeah. So is this the revelation? No, the revelation was this. How nuts. Okay. Why didn't every go, one go mental? Like how far ahead of its time was predictive text? Um, so let me just uh, deal with the disappointment of that revelation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how far ahead of its time was predictive text? Now we were on some like fucking brick phone shit. Sure. So we're, we're tapping out numbers on a keypad. Yeah. And we're, we're sure we're sending messages across the world. Yeah. Obviously, that was the main part of the technology. But like now, I think if predictive text was introduced now to the next iPhone, people would go mental for it. They'd lose their minds. Yeah. They'd be like, this is the craziest te- technological step we've ever had. But we had it on like our Nokias. Okay. No, I see what you mean. Because there is, I do, I have noticed this. Sadly, I can't think of anything on top of my head. But I have noticed things where I'm like, this is a small bit of genius which is above uh, ahead of the technology it's currently on which you is see them constant predictive text well predictive text maybe for sure i know 100% for definite but the i the reason why i don't think it is because i think it was such a clear they had to because of how hard it is to text on the old phones so and that was a clear option sure yeah it's not the, like a luxury type thing exactly the demand was there and that's what creates that genius the innovation sure <laughs> okay. sure i get that but still the fact that they managed to come up with it it's pretty fucking cool i'd say and it's, well, I guess autocorrect. <laughs> I get autocorrect is kind of, of, of upon the same vein because that's not really predictive text. Because no, no predictive text worked by, it would do what you would, so you put in a message and if you frequently said, hi, my name's Horatio and I have blonde hair, you would often come up with, so you'd say blonde a lot, you'd say mm. hair a lot. So when you do BL, it would pre- presume yeah. you're doing. But now with autocorrect, it's like it just scans the whole fucking dictionary. It's true. And then you, you do like ST. And it's like, I think I'm going to say so, so start there, aren't you? It's not like the analog. And then you just press an arrow. It's not like the analog predictive text of the past, which no. is far more authentic. Like it's, shooting on film. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. much more of a kind of. It's not kind of hyper, like hyper yeah. predictive text. Super, sure. super predictive text. Um, yeah, I, I don't particularly like. Uh, predictive test. I need it. But you don't like it, people telling you what to do. It's true. I'd really have an issue with authority. But um, yeah, there, there's some. It is meant. The, the the fact they changed ducking to fucking so regularly. Fucking to ducking. They changed ducking. They changed fucking to ducking. Just fucking to yeah. ducking. Uh, baffles me. Yeah, is it because they, I, have you ever used ducking? Uh, no, but it's in, it's intentional because kids are using it. No. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No way. Are yeah. they trying to? Yeah, because how how else could it be explained? Because every time you write out fucking, it changes to ducking. Every single time. <laughs> Not every that time. doesn't happen with any other word. Not every. I think that it seems a bit mental that they think that they're going to stop kids by autocorrecting when they can delete the D and create the F. Welcome to our world. You when finally, you write, when you, you finally cunt, woken up. They don't write like goose. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because well, well, you could change. Uh, have we? Uh, that's a good question. If you, does it change it to anything? But I think cunt is not used enough for them to put the technology into place there. Cunt goes to count. Count. Does it? Oh my God! 
really bad what did you do part of my job part of my job is sending passwords to documents to the police officers <laughs> no, no, fuck i'm it. not kidding you oh my god <laughs> did you send that to a police officer yeah what did you send just can't oh my god oh my god what do I do? How do I repair that? I don't know. I can't. You can't unsend a text message. <laughs> what do I do? I, I think I have to say. I think you're going to have to do an, an asterisk count. No, no, no. Because why would I just say count? <laughs> That's fucking... I think I'm going to have to do. I'm sorry. That wasn't. I'm so sorry. That wasn't meant for you. I don't even remember which one I sent it to. You just messaged the police cunt. I just messaged the police officer saying cunt. <laughs> Did it autocorrect? No, it autocorrected to count. And then I said it, I changed it to cunt to try and see if it would do it again. Oh my God. Is that, am I going to be sacked? Is that a, that is a bad, that is a bad one. That is a really bad one. Because <laughs> if you get sacked, then we have it live on camera. I don't know if this makes it more or less sackable if you've got footage of you. Probably more. Because this is why you... Yeah. <laughs> well, I can show it was an accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe, I'm so sorry. I was just doing that. Can I see the message? No, I deleted it out of panic. I did it and then just deleted it thinking that might stop the message going. Did it stop? The me I don't think it did stop the message going. I've got full bars. Um, what do, I, do I say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to... I'm incredibly sorry. Uh, that was a complete accident. It was meant for someone else. But why would I be on their messages? This is such a hard one to explain. I messaged them at 11.23 a.m. with a password like that. Yeah. And the next thing was cunt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I, th I have to message because it could be like you a hate crime. could be like a hate crime. What, hate crime against police? Oh, but I deleted it, so I don't even know which one it was to now. Oh, my God, this is a fucking disaster. Because you don't save any of the names on your phone? No, 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 because these are police officers, so why would I? <laughs> That's true. Oh, my God, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he just called a police officer a cunt. <laughs> Hashtag BLM. Um... I honestly, I can't think of how to get out of this that really easily. How do I get out of this? Because there's a chance they know who I am. They know I, I regularly, I, re I, I haven't regularly. We just get an apology immediately. Yeah. I'm and say, get that just straight out. I'm of really that. sorry. <laughs> but then how do you explain? I'm really sorry. Get a sorry in there. I'm so really that's sorry. Clear. That was a Com accident. complete accident. Should I say, because so I said I was sending it to the wrong person, but that then implies that I was going to just say cunt to someone. Which is like, it's not illegal. I'm really sorry. I, uh, I, I, that was, I'm really sorry. 
that was a complete accident. I was testing out autocorrect. Yes. Because that's the truth. Yeah, but that sounds like bullshit to me. But yeah, that's that's the only way. You can accident. Do it. I. It's insane. It's insane. But I was testing out autocorrect on a podcast. No, 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 no. Don't. I've sent it. Do you say podcast? No, 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 not a podcast. I don't know if that's the right one though, because it could have been a different <laughs> one. It could have been a different one. So you've just apologised to a different police officer? I don't know. I don't. apologise to all the police officers? There's like 50. It's going to be one of them. I think it would have been that one. It would have been. Why did I delete it? Because I thought it might stop it. Or it might have stopped it. This is a disaster. All right. Okay, we'll keep keep you updated (laughs) on that. Because I might get a buzz that says, wait, about what? I can't believe that. Fuck. We were, fuck, we were, fuck, we were fuck, meant to just fuck, have like fuck. a general chit chat before getting into the main topic, but that's. But I've just up. called a police officer a cunt. <laughs> it looks like because it's what we what we do is so you provide you we provide the password. So is this like I sent the password and then gone cunt? <laughs> Here's your password, cunt. <laughs> fuck. I on that. I that could be bad. See how you that. just saw some live life destruction. Mm. That was incredible. And it was so, you know, it wasn't long enough after you get punched in the face. So really, and I was just saying this morning that there's a, just a different energy. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I was just like, there's something. There's that something I on. I, t- I set out the episode saying I knew that something was going to happen. It was either you're going to be an absolute horror show nightmare towards me or you're going to call a police officer a cunt. And I'm glad for the podcast that it's the second. But Oh my God. There are some chill police officers. There's some not that I've been aware of. Famously. Famously. <laughs> um, um, well, that was a disaster. Anyway, welcome to the show. Anyway, welcome to the show. Um, Andrew called a police officer a cunt. And that live might, on air. Live on air. Accidentally. And that might um, change his life forever. But yep. in the meantime, we still have a show to get We've through. got business to do. We've still got business to do. So he has to try and not think about his uh, potential uh, career change. And yep. focus instead on the Friends reunion. Yeah, Friends reunion. Uh, important stuff. Uh, things to talk about in the Friends reunion. It happened. Um, it existed. Well, we watched the Friends reunion separately. We were going to try and watch it together. So, But I think it's probably better we watch it separately. Because now we have completely... Well, I haven't spoken to you at all about yeah, what you thought is, of it. This is truly uh, pure. What did you think of the Friends reunion off the bat? There's a lot to get into, I feel. For the so, movie. I mean, when I think I was the same opinion when everyone heard about it, that they were doing a scripted episode sure. initially. Um, and they obviously didn't opt for that. They opted to talk to James Corden. <laughs> um, now, I'm bitterly disappointed that James Corden was in any way involved, yeah. um, as I think the entire nation believes that to be true as well. I think, yeah, I have not seen anyone saying great reports by James yeah. Corden. Oh, it was no fantastic we out. had James there. <laughs> What would we have done without James? Yeah. Um, but so that, I mean, I'm still thinking about the cunt, to be honest. <laughs> this is clear. You've got to get your head out of there. I, I need like, I need 30 People seconds. People are here. They've clicked this episode to hear us talk about the Friends reunion. I know they've clicked on it, but I've just called a police officer a cunt <laughs> from my work, technically my work phone to their work mobile number. Just the word cunt. I'm not even sure if I sent the apology to the right number at this point. <laughs> At this point, it could just—I could have just said "cunt" and nothing else. <laughs> and then sorry to another police officer. And then sorry to another police officer about, and they'll have no idea what I'm talking about. Oh my god. Anyway, so the friends reunion. There, that so the scripted episode. I think I would have. I think we all would have preferred. Disagree, but you on. disagree. But then when they were talking about it, and they were like, they left it on the right place. So I was like, you know, fair enough. If they want to leave it where they left it, there's no disrespect for that. You know, it's their kind of prerogative to do that. It could have been fun. 
I think no, no, no. Because my my belief is that no show should ever have a scripted reunion ever. I think I don't know. With Friends, it could have. The thing is, it were it, because the ending works with how they left it. So I, the, the point was that they would have had to unravel their lives in 100%. order, order to then build and them back up. This is what I said up. before the thing is when I found out about it, I was like, just in general, the reason why reunions are inherently always a bad idea and always disappointing is because if you built a show and it's 10 years later, you're not, you have to introduce new conflicts and that will just, un, as they said, unravel all of the work they've done. Yeah, yeah. It had a great ending. It was 10 years. As soon, if I, if we had to see, and there's gonna, to make the episode interesting, there has to be conflicts or issues in Chandler and Monica's marriage. And One stuff. of them could I, call a police officer a cunt. Could call a police officer a cunt. Uh, they, 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 if any sort of bad writing yeah, yeah. or like anything like that will change the canon of Friends forever. Because yeah. it will be official canon if it's by yeah, yeah. the uh, Kaufman. writers. Kaufman and Crane. Yeah. Um, and so that means whenever I'd watch Friends again, yeah. it would be with the knowledge that 10 years after the 10 years that Friends happened, this happened in that yeah, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is always mm. a nightmare. Any reunion. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't want to see what happens to them. I agree. So I, that's what I was saying. I think perversely, I would have enjoyed the scripted thing. Um, but then, Perversely, just seeing the, it crash and burn, something that you love. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, but also it's more, it's, that's more entertaining than them walking around the set and talking to for James. For an hour and 40 minutes. It was like a feature film. Right? Yeah, well, it didn't have to be that. But for, yeah, it would have been entertaining, but it would have been the wrong thing to do for the show. Sure. Um, there, uh, let me, because like, what did you think of the start of the, like when they all walked in? I, I, with the whole thing, I think I was very sceptical at first and I'm often quite cynical about these kind of things, but I, I actually liked it quite did you like it? I thought... Um, it was pretty well done. There was moments I absolutely hated. I think uh, I've never been more ashamed to be British than watching it um, because the amount every, seemingly every celebrity on there was British. Yeah, why was that? And it felt like in the way that when you have Americans ruin British shows, Friends is probably one of the greatest American pop cultural achievements it's up there because yeah. the way it's like gone across the whole world and exported American culture, it's their thing. It's one of the most American things there is. Yeah. It's just ridiculously American. Um, when America does the in-betweeners, it doesn't work. Yeah. British version of Friends would never really work. It's America's thing. And having David Beckham mm. describe... What, why was he there? <laughs> no, I don't. Why did he have such Kit an... Kit Harrington, David Beckham, James Corden, Cara Delvine. Cara Delvine, yeah. What, why, was, why was... Because the most pertinent one of that was David Beckham. Why did he have such an extended slot? He spoke for the longest out of anyone. And hearing both him and Kit Harrington individually trying to explain why a scene's funny and just suck anything funny out of it. It was yeah. hilarious when he was saying, just him saying Chondler. Chondler. <laughs> Chondler. And when Chondler, it's like, you're not meant to be talking about this show. Yeah, Chondler. Yeah. And that is, there was just a moment. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm away from my family and I yeah. get really sad, I like to put this episode on because I love it when Chandler. And it's just <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't understand how they, the people who were organising it, sat there and thought, right, we need to get some big celebrity guests on in order to say what friends <laughs> means to them. Let's get the football player David. Beckham. Number one. David, David Beckham. Beckham. He has to have the biggest spot in there. Surely. Number two, Malala. Malala she has to be there. Malala. <laughs> we need we need the human rights we aspect. We need Malala. Or how are we going to probably analyse it? Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington. He was in a TV show. <laughs> he really was. He's got. This be is there. also a TV show. Yeah. So that works. <laughs> and that's good. That's good. I think yeah. we're done. Done with that. Um, I thought uh, seeing them all together. Obviously, it was like uh, a big thing is about how they look, and they do. 
it is weird with, with in Hollywood where it's like the whole obsession with anti-aging, but somehow they always look so bad when they're older in a way that like my aunt looks better than some of the people on Friends. Is that because of the old plastico surgery? It must be, but then I feel like if you're in LA... Your aunt's a lovely looking lady, by the way. Let's yeah, not. she is a lovely looking lady, but I'm trying to say that like members of the family who are not at all in the cosmetic industry, who just let it go naturally, yeah. will... It's the way to go. ...will not look better for their age. Yeah. But then if you're in LA and you're doing that work, it's a cosmetic but industry, aunt, and you aunt. want to try and sustain a career in show business. But your aunt also wasn't one of the sex symbols of the nineties. She wasn't, but that means that it, it, it was in America. Of, it was like a <laughs> in Sussex. In she Sussex, was sure. She was a pinup in Lewis, Sussex. But yeah. my aunt, like, I don't think. I think she she won't mind me saying this. I don't think she was on Jennifer Aniston's level when she was in her twenties. I think she would mind you saying it, but, but then I think continue. it's kind of gone like that because now Jennifer Aniston did look like Iggy Pop. Do you not think she she? Oh yeah, great she show. looked she looked like a man. Yeah, she did. Well, she always she still looks good in films, but yeah. I guess that's with all the touching up and stuff. And then obviously, I thought Matt LeBlanc LeBlanc looked very approachable. Matt LeBlanc Blanc. <laughs> this is why we shouldn't yeah, be yeah. British people talking about. I love the, the episode where Matt LeBlanc, Matt LeBlanc, Le Blanc, Matt LeBlanc Blanc, Blanc, and Chandler. <laughs> go to Central Park. Perk! Oh! Um, Matt LeBlanc is definitely my favourite out of all of them. Who came across the best. Yeah, he just doesn't. He doesn't look like... The, all of them, Terrible all of them shirt, looked... They were taking fat. themselves really seriously yeah. for a lot of it. And everything... They were almost trying to focus on how emotional it was. They I hated how much they tried to make us cry. And just... Uh, yeah. Uh, but I still think fair. it was kind of nicely done. Cause, and yeah, no, also, I'm not. I'm just... Re they're reminding how important that show was yeah, and yeah. how big that show was. But like, get a grip. Yeah. For a second, like, Matt was David there. David Trimmer looked like he was going to cry at every all, No, they all did. Other than Matt, who was there having a bit of a laugh. He was having a good time. He was still, you engage in the emotional bits yeah. for some of it, but also, like, let's have a, have a laugh, guys. Because all they did was cry about how much they used to laugh together. Yeah. They didn't, I didn't see them laugh together Also, it's the much. first time they'd seen each other all together since the show. Yeah, so, so they can't like, get, a, they can't they can't get that much about Well, the show. I bet that a lot of the meetings, I don't think Matthew Perry's coming to a lot of those meetings. Because he's high on crack cocaine. Well, yes. Yes. Well, they didn't actually, because that was quite an amusing omission. I, I kept looking out for any t any questions they'd ask to Ma uh, to Matthew Perry about the show. He just had one-liners. Yeah, because he wouldn't remember anything. <laughs> he didn't look like he knew where what he was. What I want is a Friends, the Friends Union special with just Matthew Perry. He doesn't remember a thing. <laughs> with him trying, so to, how was filming, trying to recall. So how did you find, you know, your, your audition and coming into it? Uh... <laughs> It was fun. I'll tell you that. It was a whirlwind. and Or him just making things up. Yeah. Um, but that was a fun omission of it. I think with the looks thing, I don't know. I think it must be the plastic surgery. Um, or is it because of how hot they were? That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a combination of both of them. Because they were unbelievably hot. All yeah, of them. yeah. All they were of all them. like ridiculously good looking. Exactly. People. And I think it must be the combination of that expectation yeah. i don't know if i'm good yeah because maybe my aunt they is all like go into holding one. her to a less high standard as Jennifer that's what Aniston. i that's what yeah. i was saying yeah. yeah but i think combining well you have that and you have them being sex symbols of the 90s yeah. and then them because of that pressure they then get plastic surgery which means they then look worse in the in the 2020s yeah so it all goes into one it's true and also how little realizing how little work all of them have got apart from jen but even all the side actors and you're like lisa's done bits you. and bobs hasn't she Matt hosted Top Gear. Didn't go well, though, did Didn't it? Didn't go well, no. Um, Matthew Perry went to rehab. He went to rehab. Um, and I, I found there was, there was weird Cougars, moments Courtney Cox. There was, yes. Um, she she looks town. the strangest, I found. She does. Um, she and does. And I found 
it was funny when they kept getting, for some reason I just thought when they were like getting such random people out like the Malala and David Beckham, I was just waiting for them to be like, here's, uh, you know, here's uh, uh, Bin Laden's son and he's <coughs> talking about why the show meant a lot to him. And like, I just felt like, here's George Bush Senior. Like, yeah, I honestly, yeah. it, could, it, it could have been anyone who they brought out. It literally could have been It anyone. didn't seem to be that relevant because like they, <laughs> they, they missed out quite a few key characters. Like yeah. you didn't see Paul Rudd or yeah. anyone coming. No. But we heard from David Beckham. <laughs> we heard from <laughs> which felt odd. Odd yeah. omissions. Maybe they couldn't get some of them in for the Justin show. Justin Bieber. Yeah, he, he was dressed there, up as, as the potato. His potato as, didn't say as anything. Sputnik. Danced and then uh, went off. Yeah. Why? Um... But yeah, I think James Corden was the the worst possible the villain of the for, for the the host because it's just that um, that kind of like look of like we're all having fun, aren't we? That he has as a host that I yeah, think yeah. is really. I would have taken Kimmel. I don't particularly like him. I don't like any of them. But I would think Kimmel's the least offensive. It, or Conan. Like, yeah, well, Conan Con- would have been great, but I think he's even above it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Kimmel suited the Friends mm. vibe. And oh, then yeah. when they like did those cutaways to like people across the world who had like been. Um, influenced by friends and then they're do you know when they're like went to ghana they went to like india and yeah like, and it was just like these were, you got short little talking heads and they're always these unbelievable traumatic stories yeah, about yeah. like and then my dad uh got like cancer when i was a kid and, and that's died. when the rocket started and then my, my my sister also got cancer and she died uh the, and then i like the show friends cut and then it's like <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> move on <laughs> it's literally like a sh- you don't even get to know the actual story because it's yeah, literally yeah. like uh i was really sad i had no friends my friends were on the show cut and it's yeah, like yeah. done and it's just around the world all these like it was really a- 80%, tragic figures 80 percent harrowing stories 20 percent how friends supposedly got them through it, it yeah it, it, it really not that much and then detail as soon as they did it they got me through it cut now let's another sad another, one another sad one and just getting more like 80% of the sad story, 20% yeah. of like friends. It did. Right. The whole thing seems to be trying to make you cry from start to finish, yeah. which I took umbrage with. Yes. Why don't we celebrate the good times rather but than cry that did, they're over? It did make you feel like it was a good show looking back on some of the moments. And um, hmm. I think. Oh, yeah. I think they did like. Um, I think looking back, I still uh, stand by Ross being the funniest. It still oh, hand, came hands through. Down. Hands uh, down. I still say Chandler's the worst, but I've I've changed my mind. I do think Joey's great. And I, I, yeah, I, th- I think Joey does a great job. Yeah. To be honest, they all do a good job. Yeah. Um, and our ranking system, the one oh, you can look back on that episode yeah. whenever it was. I stand by the ranking system, mm. but that's ranking, you know, six actors at the top of their game. For sure. And I, I thought, um, and then there's the big kind of bombshell that uh, Ross and Rachel oh, were yeah. like going out and stuff. And I, well, they, they were get, going out. Oh well, yeah, that whole kind of thing. And it's like, that was a good romance that was well, uh, yeah. the chemistry clearly added off screen. But oh, I yeah, found yeah. the reading of the script of that, the scene prior was the hardest bit to watch oh uh, my god it was yeah awful it was yeah. truly awful when they sat down and did a table read where they had like an it's if you're doing like a funny silly scene and they're yeah. all doing the table read don't do the all, emotional they're all involved if it's just ross and rachel and yeah. that's something that i kind of I, I respect i think about americans respect and despise is i just don't know i would never be able to read out a love scene yeah with someone like that next to all those people and just have that on TV and just do that sincerely. To yeah, me, yeah, that yeah. was like, I cannot imagine. Very cringe-worthy, embarrassing kind of thing. I can't even imagine. But it's just, just do, you're right, just do one of the fun bits. Why are you diving into, I don't think trying, I thought the idea is maybe trying to do an iconic scene for me. Yeah. But that doesn't just, that wasn't fun viewing. Because it was just, they're clearly going to be worse at what they yeah. were doing because of their faces. Yeah. But also <laughs> yeah. because of the fact they're doing a table read. <coughs> So why why put us through that? And also, um, I feel, which I felt at the time, um, 
when, even when I was watching Friends, which is like, I wanted to, I was happy that they had quite a lot about the writers because it was like, the, the how little people give a shit about writers yeah. is quite funny. Where it's like, Friends is fully, the success is fully down to the actors and they, that's the only thing people really care or know about. Yeah, yeah. It's like these two people who came up with the entire show that you love wrote, came up with the characters based on their lives and that no one gives a fuck about them because they're not good looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or interesting, it's like, I even it's not really advertised you don't really know them as auteurs or anything but like seeing that that uh, the people who was behind it and how she looked like a kind of hippie and I was like okay that yeah, means I yeah. can see what Phoebe in there yeah um, well, they're, one of their mates Jewish, is called was, one of them was gay I think they're both Jewish it's interesting they didn't put a gay person in there because like the main writer was yeah yeah and it, but it was <laughs> we're just staring at my phone now it's a guardian okay. news thing you just waited because I think your your mind has been elsewhere well obviously <laughs> Of course it fucking has. I'm struggling through this podcast. It's got, I'm slow. I'm just trying to get drunk now, but it's still that just like the phone just fucking looked up. I think the fact, let's just go back to it for a second. I think the fact my phone hasn't gone off. Oh my, well, the Guardian thing is 14 year old boys been stabbed to death in Birmingham. So why is everything so bleak? It's when I have these early shifts, the world goes to shit. Does it? Yeah. Well, clearly. Well, clearly. Um, but no, every time they've just, it is. We're just keeping that there, just seeing if it lights up. I mean, it hasn't. It hasn't lit up. So I think I think they're going. How what? Uh, do they police respond? officers hear this kind of shit? All right, I'm now in. I'm in. Denial. I'm now in denial. In denial. Police officers go through this kind of shit all the time. They hear this this shit, whatever. Probably not expecting it from like a someone they work with. Yeah. Um. Have you? Do you have any prior speaking to this? Please? Experience of this? No. No, but no, not experience calling a police officer. Piss. Sorry. Um, um, do you uh, have you spoken to this police officer before? No. So is it always a new police officer, pretty much? Kind of. Well, it's just I don't always send the passwords. I just did some today. Okay. It's a, I can't I can't be bothered to go through what I actually do. Yeah. Like no no. So the only text they've ever had. Do they respond thank you when you send passwords? Never. Or another? Okay. Never. So that kind of implies maybe. Yeah. I don't know. They're not it doesn't imply anything. It's fine. It's, it's gonna be fine. fine. It's all good. No. It's, uh, yeah. It's fine. So you you did you did message a police officer cunt. Mm. I mean it's such a hard scenario. But not like just a police officer. These are detectives, detective inspectors. I think what's what's the the, the tough situation about it is it's really hard to accidentally say send, just, say, just cunt. say cunt like the worst one you could possibly say. Of course it looks intended. <laughs> and this is all from your revelation. They're not they're detectives as well. Some police officers they're like detectives. They're quite high up. <laughs> They're and they're the only reason I've sent passes is because they're investigating like fucking murders and shit. Well, yeah, and like which then surely they'll be more busy thinking rather than this prick from X company saying yeah. cunt. <laughs> I mean, um, when we were planning the show and you said I've got my revelation. Yeah, I didn't and think you threw that in here. last minute. I'll just talk about revelation, a kind of tepid revelation about uh, predicted text. Who would have known that you would have been it punished for that revelation? Yeah. So do you have that revelation this morning at six forty-five? Yeah. And that's what's cost you your that's job. That's what's cost me the job. <laughs> the fact that predicted text is next level. <laughs> exactly because this, this observation about predicted text meant has now you... <laughs> meant that I send a police officer a count. And did it uh, predictively text it to count? What was the? Uh, it went to count, and I changed it to count, and then sent it. And then, <laughs> I don't know why I sent it. Why it was, did you it was instinct. <laughs> so you were proved right, and then, then, so it, it was. But how many times it's it's rare you do a text and then just exit off. Oh, I'm done now. Yeah. And just kind of preemptively. It's just the it's the muscle. My memory. yeah, it's muscle memory. 
Right, let's move on. Because you're that. so careless as well with your phone because you don't save any names no. just to have the things. And no. it's coming back to bite you. Like that was nothing times. to do with that. It, it's it's the mindset. It's not the of mindset. The, uh, the mess that is your um, phone contact. That has nothing to do with that. I think it has a lot. I'm to not going to save each police contact. That will be odd. Well, we were just talking earlier about how uh, that that an Uber driver said you should be a diplomat and how this has been something that's been spoken to about. <laughs> and it's very clearly. This is an example of why I should What happened with the Uber driver? I had a very long, on Sunday, I went to my friend's house and I had a very long, he lives in Fulham. It's a, that's a Max who I got punched in the face with. Yes. Um, and it's a very long drive back from Fulham to Mile End. It was like 40 minutes, I think. And I was quite drunk, so we chatted for the whole way. We had a lovely conversation because sometimes I get in a mood where I'm like, I'm going to talk the What's fuck out name? of you. Don't know. Okay. He wouldn't know mine. Well, he would because of the app. Actually, Anwar. Okay. Fair enough. Anwar. Yeah. Um, but no, we just kind of, di- we dived in straight away. You yeah. know, it's, you start with the weather and then you just go into it. Yeah. And we, he was kind of giving me, you know, advice of my career and things and all of that stuff. He didn't advise me to do any of the actions I've done. What was his advice in this your career? Afternoon. To become a diplomat. Um, he was saying, he was, he was, because we were talking about uh, just general things like that. And um, we were, because t- he was from India mm. and I was talking about Indian history and everything. Did you try and sort out India, P- uh, Pakistan? I didn't try. <laughs> you did? I did. And he was like, you should be a diplomat. You should mate. be a diplomat. <laughs> like, okay. No, um, yeah, we got to talk and then he said that. Um, and it's something my mum says to me. Well, people, well. you know, you, you certainly can be diplomatic when, I have you're, when the, you're not involved in the, the, the issue. Right? Well, if obviously. You're, if you're a third person. Yeah, obviously, but diplomats often aren't the belligerents, are they? <laughs> yeah. That's not the problem. I'm not going to bomb people and be like, well, let's think about how we can solve this the best. <laughs> yeah. No, I have diplomatic tendencies, but I also am a fucking nightmare in every other situation. Sure. As this f- has shown so perfectly. But it's more that you had the potential to if you fell down a different uh, walk of life and then you've chosen the cut I route. still think I'd be too reckless. Probably. I well, still, that's just I like... I think if you put your mind to it, you could easily be a diplomat. Lots of these guys are fucking idiots. Like, you could have done it, but you've chosen the cunt life. I've chosen the cunt life. <laughs> yeah, but I can't put my mind... To, I've got too many addictions. <laughs> yeah. Too too much rash behaviour. Um, yeah. There'll be... I just... Because I said... That's what I said to the guy. There's way too many skeletons in my closet. Yeah. Like, I, they're not even that bad skeletons, but any... There'll be... There are too many skeletons, skeletons that can come out now yeah. and they're only going to get worse. Yeah. Um, so well, it's not the life for me, sadly. Um, but always something to contemplate. Mm. Do you not? Well, how do you think you'd serve in a diplomatic service? Uh, I think I'd keep trying to like. I, my problem as a diplomat is I'd always try and like find like a. I feel like I'll be pushing for like, uh, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And like having and like trying to shot them with my honesty. Yeah, yeah. And I feel that might be the wrong. Like I, I'd always kind of naturally move mm. towards like, hey, let's cut the shit. Yeah. All right. You're a cunt. You're a cunt. Yeah. Well, not like that, but at least like say, and, and then it'll be like in politics, you actually. Dip- diplomacy isn't about cutting the shit. It's no, about it's building not. the shit. It's about building the shit, yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you're tearing it down. Yeah. Everyone... So, because, hey, 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 why were you all. Let's, think... be, let's be real with you. Because I other. always think, like, I'd, I'd, and I have, like, slightly higher heel <coughs> on my boot, put my boot on the table, and I'd yeah. be like, hey, guys, let's just, like, let's talk about this really. And I feel like I'd you cut the really. shit, be real, and get it pretty wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get it pretty wrong. So, it's not offensive that it wouldn't be offensive that you're just saying something's intended to be real and might be yeah. a bit untactful. Yeah. You've actually said yeah, something that's categorically wrong and offensive at the same time. Just India Palestine. Uh, in, in <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Look, you call the head English India, diplomat. You gotta leave Palestine. India, up. come over here. Palestine, over here. You two need to cut it out. 
Okay? You need to stop this nonsense. Okay? Wheeler, why are you even bobbing each other? There's no reason. You're, in, you're, you're quite far away. What's the dispute? I can't it's see weird. it. Do, do you have something against... Look, I look, I'm not like the other diplomats. <laughs> I keep it real. I talk real. And that's what separates me, okay? So, I've seen nothing in the media about India-Palestine. So why are you bombing each other? <laughs> what? Something pissed me off, basically, last week. Um, do you want to do two news stories? So we can, one, we, you can yeah. talk about yours. I can talk about mine. Do you want to start with yours? No, start with yours. Okay. They both uh, have equal, cult they both have equal <laughs> okay. cultural significance. Basically... Uh, anyone who listens to the podcast knows that I, I am have kind of a, a troubled relationship with Jamila Jamil. Uh, not that after I, the incident, two thousand and two, I have a troubled relationship with when her. you were five years old. Not it's not that I like despise her. Like I do something with it. I think she's genuinely might be a good person deep down, but she does represent everything that is awful in the world culturally in the West right now, and she is to me the embodiment of everything I can't stand and. I hope she'd be seen as my opposite. Whether you think that's a, a compliment or an insult, I don't care. Uh, but, but, she, but a good person deep down. <laughs> I, I think so, because it's not, it's not like some people where I'm like, that's like an absolute... She doesn't stump. seem to be intentionally doing this stuff. But it's so bad, it might not even matter. Yeah. Um, okay. And she's okay. got okay. basically a narcissistic personality disorder, which is rife in uh hollywood in the media and is the uh, the biggest issue of our time but she sums up so perfectly yeah um and she often uh if for those who don't know she's uh a supermodel tv presenter uh actress um one of the most beautiful people on the planet actually like i, I actually find her incredibly stunning that's why i hate her so um, much maybe it all maybe there's, there's but um she w is now kind of the face of body positivity and fat activism yeah yeah and yeah it's kind of like the big her, her big thing is about like trauma trying to trying to get rid of um uh photoshop and stuff and then she'll post like cover photos of her saying this is without photoshop and she'll look stunning and i'm like well that makes people feel worse yeah because yeah, yeah you don't actually need photoshop because your skin yeah. is flawless some just to jump in for a second someone who does that on instagram is vicky patterson from yeah. Geordie Shaw. She is she is good at it because she is, I think she's 10 out of 10 sure. gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and she does selfies, selfies that aren't Photoshopped. Sure. And she looks shit, you know, as in like, as we all do on a hungover Sunday morning. She looks yeah. ridiculous. So she does it well, but that's all she does. That's all she does. Every fucking day. And she goes and like, it's like before and after, like before the night and after the night. And it gets a bit exhausting, and but she does it well. And just quickly go on Vicky Patterson's Instagram right now. Um, and go on all, just click on any one of her pictures, any one of the thousands of pictures she has. Have a look how many followers she has. It's something like 300,000. I can't tell you, maybe no million. It's gotta be a mil, at least that. She has liked every single one of her own posts. Every single one of her photos she likes. She has at least maybe a million followers, something around that. Why does she like every single one of her own posts? If you're getting 300,000 likes, why are you liking her own posts? Why are you liking her own posts? Um, and so I've always been a bit fascinated with Jamila, Jamila Jamil for her way of basically seeing the world as she's constantly the victim but in a way that is kind of almost like avant-garde drumming it's like formless it's like shapeless and it's completely surprising like she to <laughs> me she's the miles davis uh, she's like the miles davis of victimhood where 
you listen to a Miles Davis album and you don't even know what's going on because it doesn't follow any of the kind of traditional roots of music. And when okay. I see Jamila Jamil talk about it, I'm like, you've shown me ways of being a victim and trauma that <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize I didn't was possible. existed, right, yeah. And the reason why this pissed me off, because obviously I, 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 I try and avoid talking about her because I do find it boring talking about these kind of things on ad nauseum. But this is something that was just took the piss too much. Um, she uh, posted on Instagram, um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, I think that's how you pronounce it, is always at the forefront of your mind because it affects every single cell in your body. And so every micro decision you make is in consideration of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. For someone to discard that just because you look okay, according to their own Bible of ableism, it's very hurtful. Jamila Jamil, advocate first, actress second. Already. Oh, it's me. Advocate first, actress second. Um, so... When you see Ehlers Danlos syndrome, it sounds very serious. Maybe she can't stand, like maybe her knees are broken. Yes. Maybe um, maybe she's always like, she's got a problem with her ears, so her head's always tilting a bit left. Yes. Or she can't see out of one eye. Uh, she does, uh, uh, carries on the post with, I was, with the caption underneath. I was diagnosed 26 years ago and little improvement has been made in our medical system since then. The research has not progressed enough. There isn't much funding, even though we continue to learn that this condition is nowhere near as rare as they used to think it was. Every day that you get up and get out of bed, you're a fucking legend. Even if you stay in bed. If you were asked to open your eyes today, because it's an ongoing condition of fuck this shit. We are so strong mentally and emotionally for having to carry the burden of this condition without anyone understanding or believing us. Try a single morning in our shoes, bitches. Okay? So is... When I... Yeah. Is it something... It must be something like, does she have... Is it a problem walking? Is so it when a problem I read that, that she's got something in her heels that make her pay, her feet are in not constant pain? When I read that, I was like, Ella's done it. That actually sounds quite serious. And yeah. when I, I saw it, I was like, okay, maybe this is actually quite a serious thing that I'm kind of surprised that she's managed to put a lid on it for so long. Yeah, yeah. Because this is serious. Ella's not Danlos exactly... syndrome. She's not the kind of person that would suffer it quietly. It's like kind of Down syndrome or on those yeah. sort of levels. So I look up what Ella's Danlos syndrome is. Ella's Danlos syndrome is the kind of professional, like the more official name for hypermobility a condition i have <laughs> badly i have bad hypermobility a condition that horatio has been guaranteed ridiculed on i'm pretty show. sure i have it a lot fucking worse than jamila jamil you can tell <laughs> you can tell because we've seen jamila jamil walk in a red carpet or something and even we've just seen her in pictures looking like classy there is never a picture where you'll look <laughs> no, classy because i'm hypermobile as fuck your joints hyperextend yes it's not ideal. If I was born and I could pick having it or not having it, I maybe wouldn't prefer to have it. Yeah. But when you start talking about it and say to people like me, every day that you get up and get out of bed, Mate, you're a fucking legend. Not even that. Even if you stay in bed, if you were even asked to open your, your eyes today, it is an ongoing condition of fuck this shit. All right? My joints ache a little bit. All right? But this idea that opening your eyes to success with the level of conditions we have is so unbelievably offensive to people who have actual physical conditions. <laughs> it actually makes you so mad. And that, even realising that I could claim some victimhood for it makes yeah, me feel a not, bit do, queasy. Do you not see yourself claiming? Well, if, I'm not, if I not, don't get an agent soon, I will start slowly ramping up my Ehlers-Danlos syndrome yeah. issues. I've had this, uh, struggle with this for a while. I wasn't allowed to play rugby at school. He's not, he's not legally allowed rugby. on trampolines. I'm not legally allowed on trampolines, 
These are the big two things. And the main thing was I was allowed to play rugby, which, you know. No, no, no. Is... The, no, no. The big thing was you weren't <laughs> legally allowed on trampolines. I still went on them, though. Still not to this day. Still, yeah. I'm still not legally. Well, not le It's not. No one's going to arrest me. You're a going, legend. No. And everything you do. <laughs> Every day I open my eyes, Look, I'm a legend. I, I got that disorder. People ask why I have another job. <laughs> What I'm doing is humoring my mentally disabled, <laughs> physically disabled best friend. It's it's tough to see him up here by himself every day, thinking he can write comedy, thinking that a podcast will every ever be successful. Every day I get up is a success. Every yeah. day I and get I, out of bed is a success. And Horatio, you're the one that's deluded. <laughs> we all know that you're never going to amount to anything because of this absolutely debilitating physical this ailment. debilitating physical condition. So we literally cannot move out of fucking bed. Look, BB is an interview. <laughs> I found her on a website who were, you know, for so it's like a carer slash fake relationship website. Yeah. I found her and she agreed. Really? She agreed to be with <laughs> Every, I have, I have constructed everything in your life is basically a facade. And your mum asked me to so do it's it like a, It's like a Make-A-Wish Foundation thing. Type yeah, style but thing. top secret. <laughs> top secret. Top secret. <laughs> to, I'm more like creating a Truman show around yes. to try and make me at least feel a little bit normal with my debilitating yeah. physical disorder. It basically means that your joints, uh, you, you hyperextend your joints slightly. Okay? So it means that Overall, that's it's a small minor thing, but overall, things like playing rugby will put you more at risk of serious injury. All right, even though I've never really, I've never broken anything on it. Like I haven't had many serious injuries. But and the main thing, not the fact that I can play rugby, but is he it's, can't go on trampolines. It's, it was quite emasculating when everyone was sort of learning about masculinity and growing up with the most masculine masculinity thing. class in ma well were, you know, we'll talk about that you're not legally thing. allowed on it but <laughs> you know rugby for young men in this country is probably the most kind of ridiculously masculine yeah uh, in schools that do it it's not actually that common though is it yeah but in, in schools that do it in winter playing rugby with other men yeah, yeah. Just, it's hard to get more you create a bond yeah i was teaching the year threes, when I was in year seven, year eight, tag rugby, okay? Mm. I wore a full tracksuit like the teacher, and yeah. I was teaching it. To be honest, I'm so upset you're allowed to I move wasn't on. bullied more. It, 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 yeah. it really says something about I done the school I was at, that I was, you know, not ridiculed more and allowed to get away with it because that's unacceptable if someone else had that i would yeah. not have allowed them if they were teaching ki uh, younger kids to play tag rugby because they couldn't physically be allowed to play uh, full contact rugby i would try and make their lives hell my life isn't hell and may well maybe you know maybe jamila jamil went to the right school who bullied her properly for yeah, her debilitating yeah. physical disorder. And maybe I was let off the hook. And that's why I don't feel like it's a success opening my fucking eyes. So touch rugby, you, you move on from, I think, in year three. <laughs> yeah. You move on in year three and you start playing contact with a few different limitations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bear in mind, you, it's, it's, year, it's th year three-year-olds running around. Yeah. They're not going to be able to do that much damage to each other. Yeah. Um, other than if you have a debilitating sure. illness. But what I see is you just continue to play touch rugby and you were <laughs> allowed to teach year threes because you become such a master at it. <laughs> yeah. Because you were just playing with year two kids for the whole life. As they, know, I did you demolish were, them. You I were getting taller them. and taller and bigger and bigger. And then just became this expert in touch rugby. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like, you know, you should have gone for that. Yeah. Maybe you could have been a touch rugby professional. Maybe. You can still um, play touch rugby around, around here. Um, so... What I find kind of fascinating about Jamila Jamil is her way of like 
constantly trying to change the narrative so that her life is is even though and i think why i find her fascinating is a sort of like main character or like a like a complex three-dimensional character is there's elements of like classic literature in sort of flying too close to the sun that sort of archetype yeah because she wants too much yeah she is rich she's got some talent she's unbelievably attractive she uh, is in a relationship with james blake uh, a very renowned musician uh, she's got everything in her life. It is funny how much you know about her, but yes, continue. Because yeah. that was just scratching the surface. So she's got like all anything that to <coughs> make a successful life. She's got it all. Yeah. She's been gifted with immense amount of privilege by the way she looks, by the, the talent she has, all yeah, of those yeah, things. Yeah. Had a lot of luck breaks and stuff like that. She wanted more. Mm. And what she wanted is to also be seen as someone who's overcome, overcome so much. Overcome, an underdog story. So she's now the face of fat activism, even though she is the opposite. She is the beauty standard. Yeah, yeah. And she is the person who's constantly posting very, like, classically beautiful photos on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And saying, fuck your beauty standard. Fuck your beauty but standard. But you are the beauty standard. You've made your career out of the beauty standard. And the beauty standard. And you can take photos with all the fat girls you want and say, look at us. Just yeah. a bunch of fat girls. You you would never trade places with them because you know that you'd hate to look like that because yeah. you are. Oh God, you'd never do it for a million years. <laughs> not for a million years. If you care about it that much and you think it's not that important, yeah, would you trade? It's no, of course not. And it's like you know, and it, all these things about people talking about beauty standards and stuff. It's like when Cara Delevingne once shaved her head for a, a film role. Oh my God, yeah. And she did this long post about fuck your beauty standards, fuck the thing. Beauty standards that she was one of, at the time the number one model in the world. Yeah, the biggest pre like. She was always on covers. She was probably the number one reason why people felt. She's in it by appearing on covers in that way. You're inherently an ambassador for those beauty standards. Sure. So she and like she was at the time the top of the beauty standard because she was the most famous model in the world. Technically, the most beauty standard beauty yeah. in the world. She shaved her head for a multi-million dollar film role, and she posts about it as if she's challenging film role, uh, uh, beauty standards. And I'm like, you are one of those beautiful people on the planet. When you shave your head, it looks cool. To be honest, you still look attractive. If you coated yourself in mustard yep. and cracked an egg on your head before you went to any public mm. appearance. Yep. That would be challenging beauty standards. Yeah. No, Because that yeah. would be really, that would be, be a lot. There. It'd be a lot to try and stomach. I would, uh, I agree with the <laughs> mustard analogy. Of course. Of course I do. Um, but I think it would have been, it would have been a statement in itself if she just shaved her head. Sure. And I think that. Like a Britney. That could. Because that was. Yeah, like a, a Britney. A Britney yeah. was a, a Britney was, fuck, I, I'm so done with this shit. Yeah. I'm literally shedding the hair of my head. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it would have been enough if she just shaved her head and then she would have been entitled to say the fuck abuse down yeah. a bit. The fact that it then came out that she, because that happened first and then yeah. people then coined on, it's for a fucking multi-million dollar film role. And she carried on doing That is one of the most standards. disgraceful things I've ever yeah. seen in my life. And it's not going against beauty standards that much. It's not. Amber Rose, um, Sinead O'Connor, there's yeah. been loads of- And how can you say that you're like, when Christian Bale gets fat for roles, he's not saying fuck beauty standards. He's, <laughs> he's playing. <laughs> He's playing a different character. <laughs> you know when Christian Bale got fat for that fun about Dick Cheney American, in that film? Oh, Dick Cheney, American Hustle with yeah, fat yeah, as well. uh, Dude loves getting fat. <laughs> Weirdly. There must so. be a bit of fun in that. Because he did The Machinist as well, which he lost the most Just, weight on yeah, record yeah. ever. Yeah, you got you got to rate it. But I, I would, if I was Christian Bale, every single one of these roles, I would every single time I change Insist weight, on getting fat. I would do a big post about fuck beauty standards. Yeah. And then I'd keep going out. You can't, because what he's saying is like the industry, you can't box me. 
You I'm can't box me. Ball. You know, Chris I'm Hemsworth here. always looks dench. And I'm know? here. But you can't box me because I'm fat, I'm skinny. You don't know I'm what I'm going to do next, bitch. I'm here. I'm there. <laughs> Look, one second I'm fat. One second I'm so skinny I'm about to die if I don't eat something in the next five seconds. I'm alive. I'm fat now. By the way, my next film will be about morbidly obese people and I'll be playing the main character. Yeah, uh, my next film is going to be about uh, a skinny person gaining weight because he needs to... to and I'll be paid one thousand million pounds for it. Good, and it's going to be Jack changing beauty standards. Yeah, but back on Junior Deal for a second, because I also <laughs> I was sent her when I because I, I was speaking to a friend about uh, complaining about Jamila Jamil, and he he sent me uh, her Wikipedia page because it is quite fascinating reading. Whenever you read about a famous person's Wikipedia and you see on their early life. It's normally normally about stuff that they're just general li- like basic life events or like setting up how they came about their career. Yeah. Jamila Jamil's early life section on her um, Wikipedia is just a list of minor inconveniences. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So it starts with J- Jamila was born in Hampstead, London, to a Pakistani father, Ali Jamil. All cool. She stated in 2015 that she was born with congenital hearing loss and labyrinthias. Pardon. Congenital hearing loss and labyrinth, <laughs> which sounds bad, but what? Oh, you got a pardon. Yeah, very good. Um, which she has had several operations to correct, and that she had seventy percent hearing ability in her left ear and fifty percent in her right ear. Jamils has stated that at age nine she was diagnosed with hypermobile earless Danlos syndrome, a genetic disorder affecting the connective tissue in your body, and that she was diagnosed with. Celiac siege at age 12. Celiac siege means you can't digest gluten. Well. There is some annoyance <laughs> in that. <laughs> Celiac disease! Yeah. Well, make sure that's right because it might be something. Uh, yes. Yes. It's just, yeah, it's about digestive issues. She has also stated she experienced mercury poisoning at age 21, which she attributes to mercury leach- leakage from algamon teeth fillings and further exacerbated by the improper proper removal of them which she declared burnt holes in her digestive system how okay? does this get and that's this is the, the early life just she's only had get, get on your Wiki, wikipedia page because she's in interviews every time she's asked all she talks about <laughs> is the fucking problems that's like me saying on mine would be Angie's parents got divorced when it was this age and then and when he was in year 10 he stubbed his toe <laughs> yeah. or like then, Mandela or anyone it's yeah. only oh, Mandela's a bad example but like just like because <laughs> you know his strife is part of what makes yeah. him yeah. but like you know if if Brad Pitt's thing was yeah. just every like small minor inconvenience broke, that's not an early life Brad section Brad broke his leg when he was in year 6 <laughs> and he said right. it really hurt okay Brad Pitt got Brad Pitt got a, do- uh, Brad Pitt got a dodgy tooth <laughs> As a teenager, she has stated suffered from anorexia nervosa and described not eating a full meal between the ages of 14 and 17. She believes her eating disorder developed due to such pressure, including magazine articles selling weightless pro- pro- products. She has said that at the age of 17... Okay. This is... I don't know... This is funny, but I don't know if we should be allowed to laugh at it. It's unclear morally. She said, has said that at the age of 17, she was struck by a car while running from a bee. <laughs> breaking several bones and damaging her spine. Okay, look, that does sound quite serious. If you damage your spine, that could end badly. I, I think, to, let's be fair, the anorexia one's probably serious as well. I mean, she was a serious yeah, that, model. That's fine. Not the bee, um, she, was, she was running from a bee. She was running from... She, she's probably fucking that, allergic to that, <laughs> that detail. And these all sound, you know, some of these do sound bad. I'm not saying they're not bad. But why but is the Wikipedia page? List, because it's all she talks yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Which is, is the these, problem. 
Which because, is like, uh, I just wish that I like all of these sort of like celebrities who this constant thing about sh um, we're trying to get rid of shame and like, I'm so sick of shame. It's like, if you had like an ounce of shame, in 2021, you wouldn't be the most annoying person on the planet. In 2021, Andrew called a police officer a cunt. <laughs> exactly. That goes on the early <laughs> That's life. That's on their Mental health away. issues. He then suffered from he severe anxieties. Post-traumatic stress. Just have a little bit of discretion. Have a tiny bit of shame. Have a little bit of personal struggle that you deal with yourself. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this movement where no one treats people who have been um, running away from bees who have been hit by cars yeah. properly. We are a troubled group. Where's the bee discourse? You're beautiful. You were born in Hampstead, clearly to rich parents. You've had a fine life. You've ran away from a bee and had a bit of an issue. <laughs> um, she described being... The annoying thing is because, right, because it's all about how we judge the severity of some of these issues, which I think what she's talking about, and the problem with some of this discourse is once someone states an issue in this discourse, you the 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 listener doesn't have any right to state that it might not be as severe as the, the speaker is claiming it's it to be. Because it's emotional truth. Because it's emotional truth. Which you can't Which challenge. you can't say anything. You can't challenge. So that's what, one of the reasons why, because when you messaged me about this yeah. um, last week, I this is fantastic because she's now come into your home court. Yeah. With the whole hype. Yeah, because now thing. this is the first one, which yeah. is like, to be honest, I think I've got it worse than you, and I know this more than you. And that really puts that, a bad and it problematizes all, all of her discourse <laughs> by the fact that she says hypermobility is a disease where you're a champion just by opening your eyes <laughs> yeah. in the morning. Because if you don't have it and you read that, you are understandably like, whoa, I don't want to assume it's nothing. So here's a take. She's making the she's for, because there are a mix because for someone that talks about their problems all the fucking time yeah. there's in inevitably going to be a mix between ones that should be taken seriously and, yeah. one, and others that shouldn't yeah. so what she's doing by saying every single problem and thinking that there should be there's, there's also a semi-tacit implication that all issues should be as serious as every other yeah. issue yeah. regardless of their severity yeah. so therefore she's like D she's kind of making she's de-problematizing uh, how severe the actual severe issues are this Something like I mean. anorexia, which I'm sure it was probably obvious, you know, every supermodel struggles with that, which is a massive issue. Sure. But then she's also talking about hypermobility and running away from a bee. Yeah. You had an accident. It's shit. Sure, it's annoying, but your bones recover. <laughs> yeah. She's fine. Well, they don't. They're, they're, not with her. Not with her. God. But no, but she's fine. She but might she's not fine. have been. She might if not she have been. she was in a wheelchair, fair fucks to you. To be honest. She's not. It's a story. Like, what you need is a bit of fucking resilience and mental toughness in these situations exactly. as well. Because if, I'm sorry, if I was running away from being got hit by a car and everything was fine now, that would be, do you know, I ran away from being got hit by a car yeah. once. H hilarious. A fascinating end to this. So after, uh, at one point, she started using a Zimmer frame to start, had to start using a Zimmer frame to start walking again. <laughs> A lot of big celebrities have been through a lot of these things. If you find out in their biography, they don't. It's not lambasted at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It then goes on. You to find say, out in it, a, in, it, on Piers Morgan's life stories. She, uh, it, it, it talks about the very posh school she went to as well. Um, yeah. And then it goes very interestingly. In 2013, interview with the Independent, she said she was work. She she worked as a model scout, but never as a model. Although in 2020, she started stated she worked as a model, but denied being one in early interviews. Um, she's also described having worked as a photographer, scout, and model agent for Premier Model Management. So she basically, when she was coming up, was so insecure about the fact that she was successful or part of an establishment of any sort yeah yeah she lied about being a model and that's a big problem but it's just funny that after all of these things where she's just made herself this ridiculous victim yeah her privilege of being born beautiful and then given a modeling role she wants to get in, away from it 
she then denies it in early interviews because she can't handle the weight of being privileged. Yeah. You know? She can't. That's. I think that's the summary for her. She can't handle the weight of being privileged. She can't. She's constantly trying to rip herself down and get everyone else to feel yeah. some sort of empathy towards her, without focusing on. Because like, what she she could be an entirely open book and talk about. If she's got to talk about all of these things that have afflicted yeah. her, she therefore has a semi right. Uh, 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 obligation to talk about all of the things that have benefited her in her life. Otherwise, it's completely unbalanced. Never. And all she and it's, it's and that's what happens a lot with everyone nowadays. Not everyone, but it's hiding away from anything that's pri privilege is such a disgusting word, yeah. and it's something you can never talk about. But you can only talk about your afflictions. I but think, in such yeah. a way that you're attempted to garner some sort of emotional support. I do think we need to make being born with privilege like um, not seen as this kind of crime, so we can deal with like not having these cunts. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, if you might feel like, fuck people who have been born uh, with so much luck, they, they yeah, don't yeah. deserve anything. If you don't make it such an unappealing thing and like try and accept that we're all born with different circumstances, that means there won't be such a positive to manufacture the lack of proof. I mean, we can have a more honest discourse. And to tear yourself down. Yeah. Instead of trying to cope with these other things. She just flew too close to the sun. You have everything, but she wants more. Yeah. I'm also fat. You're not fat, babes. You're, you're gorgeous. Enjoy it. Go be with your wonderful boyfriend. Uh, live in your massive house. Carry on working. Um, you've had a lot of luck. But Enjoy don't try and make it, us feel sorry for you. But don't make us feel fucking sorry for you for opening your eyes and getting out of bed. And we I all have our own problems. <laughs> he just called a police officer. We've got our own problems. I don't need to go and <laughs> log This is on. your B in front of a car moment. This is my B in front of a car. Chasing the B is you trying to find out if innocently yeah because the, the funny thing about uh, running away from a bee is there's something slightly innocent there is it. but this is your it's running innocent... away from one bit of danger into a whole lot more danger <laughs> it's like a it's literally like a mr bean yeah it sketch. is yeah yeah um and this is your bee this is my bee so you can ride this and as i'm going to start riding how tough it has been Hyper growing up with Ayla it's perfect because now this can we can we can kind of summarize this podcast and this could be the yeah. podcast of us diving into our own issues in our life and you're going to start taking your hyperability more seriously mm. and within the podcast i've created a potential career defining issue yeah for myself. so that's the, the, the we're going to try and do the jamila jamil route yes um but then yeah and i think I, I have a weird thing is i see her freaking out on social media and feeling really anxious um as you would be because she says such inflammatory things she kind yeah, of tweets yeah. out such like unbelievably emotive woke things and then people obviously give her a lot of shit for it yes but she doesn't deal with it well no not so well. i feel kind of bad for her sometimes because i'm like you're putting yourself through so much stress because you have this warped notion that you're some sort of like mandela figure who's yeah going through strife it's just like hard to see she she's clearly very anxious because as you, if you're constantly posting this stuff yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. constantly people telling you your shit and stuff like that it's going to start ruining mental health so it's just that feeling of like just accept that you're fine everything's good and shut the fuck up for a second get off social media stop doing all these things that are yeah. going to bring all these negative ideas and energy into your life anyways have you got anything else to add? no I'm going to go cry I think uh, we, we have not heard a message back uh, from the police officer Andrew Kordakan but we should find out uh, thanks for listening guys see you guys next week